0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 21 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This week I'm sitting down with Steve Curry. He's a bassist, guitarist, uh, he builds boutique amps, he, he's he's really all around a really interesting guy. I'm really g- glad I got to get, sit down with him and talk to him for a while. Uh, he's the bassist in the Ned Freely Fun Band. He uh, has played guitar in Static, a uh, handful of other bands. He's he's had quite an interesting uh, history, we get we get down to it and we kinda just jog back and forth through the through the podcast, through all of his different bands. Uh we might not even got got to them all. I'm not sure. Uh I, I really never talked to him uh this much in depth. I've met him very sparsely up until now. But it was great to sit down and talk with him. Uh the podcast is great. I'm kinda getting it in under the wire here. I'm editing it uh last minute uh right before I upload it so If I don't upload it on time, I'm sorry, but I'll get it out uh, as soon as possible. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This is episode number 21 with Steve Curry. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. how's that oh that's great okay so uh sitting down today steve curry uh we had played a show together like 10 or 12 years ago it probably was like 2006 maybe and that was the first time i ever saw you play uh in any band at all and i'm not 100 percent sure i've seen you actually play since then but um you came up i believe in the scott doll interview that i did and maybe in a couple others uh so what have you been up to lately as far as bands-wise? Uh,
1: Ned Freely. Oh, Ned Freely yep. Fun Band. There you go. Um, 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 got to, to sit with him. Uh, Donnie Wagner likes to go down south.
0: Yeah. So And
1: uh, for two, three months, and it started out, I was going to fill in for him, and then it just kind of, okay, Well, stick around.
0: Yeah, okay. So So yeah, you kind of just jumped in to fill in for somebody and ended up sticking around.
1: Yeah, they... I, I guess it didn't, I, they needed a bass player, and I said, well, yeah, I could do that. I got a bass, and I got a bass amp, and, and um, so I did. Well, all of a sudden, the bass got to be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I I recall you playing guitar when I was younger, though. Yeah, Yeah, and yeah. yeah. well, I still do, and yeah. I play
1: with, uh, well, maybe a dozen songs with Ned. I do guitar, most of it's oh, bass.
0: Cool. Oh, that's cool. Uh it depends
1: on the show. Do you have a preference to one or the other? Um, well, the bass all of a sudden, I don't know, it's, I had an old fiddle player tell me a long time ago, he said, there's a lot of damn guitar players in this world. He said, you need to learn how to do something else (laughs) if you want to play, you know, and I found out, you know, well, as a bass player, all of a sudden, yeah, I've got more interest and not that I'm interested in playing any weekend or, but, uh
0: yeah yeah it's for
1: some reason it was just something new yeah something different to learn
0: i'd kind of get you there as of recently i've started learning the drums i bought a drum set and i'm like okay oh man my intros playing on here all right so uh yeah i just started playing the drums and the crazy thing about that is is like i'm having a lot more fun playing the drums than i ever thought i would and uh i mean maybe it just comes to the fact where it's I'm, I get to like relearn an instrument again uh, from scratch and the drums are nothing like any other stringed instrument so it's completely different and you know I'm no like John Bonham or anything but like I just like to play and I think
1: well that's just it and I discovered you're playing lead guitar all the time when you're playing bass
0: yeah
1: when you think about it yeah <clears throat> you're carrying a uh, a line and and I find it's to, to have that what do you want to say that? The the I don't know. It's just uh it's what drives the whole song. I think, and yeah. a good bass line makes a song. And I'm so I work at that, and it's it's been kind of fun.
0: And yeah. like I say, you're playing lead guitar all yeah. the time. Did it take you a while? Do you like do walking bass lines and things like that, or? Um.
1: No, I I can, but I just like the, you know, I'll pick up the Motown. Records, you know, okay. and I like those bass lines. It's just that bass lines out of the 70s and 60s, you know, mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff back then. And it's not just two beats to the bar, or four beats to the bar. They're a little syncop, you know, they syncopated a little bit. It's they got the little stutters. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it. So it's interesting to, and yeah, it was that first couple months I sat here in this room brought up youtube and just started playing along and and i try to you know we pick a song and i try to follow that line. that's what drives the song that's what made the songs popular is, yeah. you know and that's as you can get it close Why like people recognize it right off the bat yeah so.
0: i do feel like that is one of the things where you can cheat on the bass a lot easier if you want to and just play the, like you said you play quarter notes the whole way through it and, yep. you, can, and you can get through it but it if you're playing the actual bass line from a song, people instantly know what it is. Yep, and uh... and it's it's those bass
1: riffs that uh, I think you know. There's opening guitar riffs, but there's also that bass riff that just makes that song go.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And I it's... I guess from my experience, just dealing with bass players, seeing them around, it's and and even me playing it, I'm not a good bass player. I can play guitar decent. I cannot play bass as well as I just think it's more difficult to play the bass well than it is to play the guitar well. Does that make any sense? Um yeah, it is. For me, I wish they had longer fingers because a
1: long scale bass, you know, it would make it easier, so I got a lot of hand movement, but to order to nail those notes nice and clean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And it and I discovered too you you when you miss them that you you just lost the the whole drive to the song when you flub a bunch of notes on your, and it's, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, just like guitar or anything else, it takes practice to get yeah. it cleaned up, get it, get it to work. The other thing is too, is you're right in the drummer's back pocket, man. You're the yep. whole, you're the whole rhythm section, the mm-hmm. bass and the drum. So, and I, I kind of like doing that. I like following different drummers. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that work with Scott all the time. I've played with Scott Dahl since he was probably 14 years old.
0: Oh, that's cool. So, um, I I finally got a chance to jam with him at a couple jam nights not too long ago. Yeah, uh, dude's awesome. I like I like hanging out with him. He uh, always seems really positive about yeah, what's going on.
1: You know, he's played with a lot of musicians and and he enjoys doing it, and that's good. And he's gotten better and better and better. I'm. You know, as a kid, he was, he didn't do too bad. Of course, we did a lot of country stuff back then. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're just happy as heck to have him play. You yeah. Know? And he, and he's, you know, I, I can tell he's played a lot. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you play a lot, you just get better. You keep that's, getting better and right. better and better. That's
0: right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure even back then or now or whenever, there's not a tall list of drummers. Just, in existence, you know, um, let's put it this way like, I can drum, but if you want me to do anything past like an ACDC, I, I got nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. You know, yeah. don't ask me to do long Damn. fills, no nothing. And I mean, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you go to those jam nights and there's a handful of drummers in the building. You're like, where do you, where all you guys come from? It's, it seems like there's, you know, it, there's never enough of you around. And then you go to a jam night and there's four or five of them there and they're all awesome, you know? Yeah. I, and I can remember.
1: I don't know I've been it was we we're always looking for a drummer Yep. always looking for a drummer yeah and we tried out several and several worked and several didn't work Yep. and you know it's just it's just how everybody fits together
0: that's a big part of it because yep. sometimes you can even like put together what you think is going to be an absolute slayer of a group just i mean just oh this guy's so awesome at this this guy's so awesome at this and it seems like they're almost not working with each other as well as they could sometimes it doesn't work out so well that's right and it's uh maybe some of it comes down to the fact that the bassist and the drummer kind of have to be on the same page almost and this isn't anything against any bassist or any drummer out there in any way shape or form but it's just it it takes that meshing of the right people to get it kind of going
1: yeah and it's I played a lot of jams and some of them are fantastic and it's just because you got the right mix of guys and then the next night you got a mess
0: yep yeah <laughs> And i've
1: been involved in both so and you know it's it's fine the jam that's what they are they're jams so
0: yep but uh well, i've been lucky enough with my jams like i i played uh i did the one with scott Dahl at uh the red lantern in bode uh up northern uh northern iowa there i did uh the Paddy's Pub one with uh, Jeremy Ober, and uh, I mean he's fantastic. So that was that was a heck of a good time. Um, it, I did the I did one with Clint Riedel at, uh, man I'm not gonna forget the name of this. It's gonna bother me. The Junkyard Bar and Grill. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. in uh, a is that Barnum? No, that's uh
1: Yeah, I think yeah. it is. It yeah, gets, there we go. Part. All right,
0: so uh, yeah, I went out there and and hung out there a couple times too, and uh, it's just crazy to. I'd never. I was always too self-conscious to go out and do this stuff because, I mean, believe it or not, when I was younger and I was playing, I thought I had you know, the the cat by the tail. I thought I knew what I was doing, and then we ended up playing that show with you guys. And I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal or anything, but when I'm when I'm <laughs> well, 18 years old and you show up and these guys actually know how to play their instruments, and it's like, holy cow, these guys are actually pretty good, you know. So it gives you something to to strive for.
1: Well, and you talk about that show, and it was the band Static, and it all it was. Uh... A Classmate of mine, um, Rick Weiss, and we had a band when we were in high school. I I don't know, we were seniors, gonna mm-hmm. be seniors, our summer before our senior year, and it was Rick Weiss, and there's Mike Twilliger, and Mark Egrich, and Jay Hall, and myself. Somewhere I've got a picture, I don't, you can see I've got several pictures of what I played with different bands. I don't think I've got that picture around. Anyway, uh-huh. we used to practice in a chicken shed out in a farm that, oh, cool. that I lived at, and we'd, we'd cleaned it all up, and we painted it, and, you know, we used to play this, the, we'd even gone so far as we made a recording, we were, had a bunch of photos taken, we had a guy come out, had a, we did a photo shoot, and we lined up a agent, this Maury Dre out of Omaha, and there was another agent in Denison, Iowa. Uh-huh. And they would get you bookings. Of course, they take their ten percent. Yep. But they'd get you bookings, and it was all the high school dances, is what it was. Oh, that's all cool. All over the state. And the Lazy River Band. You know, I think they had the same agent, and they had already been doing it for a couple of years. We thought that'd be cool. We ought to try it too. Well, uh huh. You know, we we I can't. We probably had 25, 30 songs worked up, and it was. At that time, this was like 71 or two. Oh, sweet. So you're looking at, well, ZZ Top, I don't even know if they had their first album out by then. So yeah, I'm not even set. sure. It ZZ been... Top came out with uh, Tres ombres I think, in 73. I or thought was I was
0: going to say 73 was my thought. Anyway, <clears throat> so this
1: was this was summer of 72, I believe. So it was a lot of Eric Clapton and Cream, and there was uh, uh, Mountain Uh, Oh, Mississippi Queen, man. That would come out in 70 or 71. So we'd work and maybe even some Alice Cooper, some Steppenwolf. Oh, uh, nice.
0: So you guys were pretty heavy for the time.
1: Well, yeah, we liked playing all that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, I mean, when you get, I get it. You're young and you're full of the angst, and that's just kind of how it ends up going. Well, we weren't a horn
1: band. You know, it was Chicago. Yeah. It was popular at that time, but. We weren't a horn playing band that we weren't even interested in, that, yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was mostly, yeah, Steppenwolf, Cream, uh, Mountain, Hendrix, Hendrix, uh, yeah, um, yeah. It was what were some of the other bands? I'm, I don't know, I had a song list that I had, but I don't know what I did with it, that I had was Static, I just found it the other day. Um, but um we like i said we i played with rick and and about oh it was a class reunion probably my 20-year class reunion which had been 93 yeah we kind of hooked up and he says, well i got this studio he said why don't you come on down and we'll jam a little bit and so i looked him up and went down well then i Ah, we couldn't. The other guys weren't interested, and I don't even know for sure where Jay Hall's at. Tell you the truth, Mike Twilliger lives here in town, and Mark Egrich. I don't, I'm not too sure where he's
0: at. So you said seventy-three was your twenty-year class reunion, and you. Been were,
1: ni- Yeah, been ninety-three.
0: Ninety-three. So seventy. You were saying like seventy-one and two. You were playing music, and you were still in high school, and you were doing all this. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, well, that's yeah. I was, but you
1: know. We never got any farther than the shed, and never got any farther than that. Yeah. And Rick went on. I think the deal was, and he went on to play with another band, is what he did. And I'm to this day, I don't know why he stayed in school, but he did. Well, he was extremely smart, and he, and I'm sure his dad would have not liked it, but yeah, <laughs> he'd join another band, and as soon as he graduated high school, man, they hit the road, and they're traveling all over the western. He was in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa.
0: Oh, that's crazy cool.
1: Just, and they had an agent. And they, were, they were called Jebediah Stone. Oh, yeah. I
0: think I've heard that name before, as a matter yep. of fact. And they're, they're, he's got them back together, too. That's so. probably why I've heard of it. I think
1: they played in Badger not too long
0: That ago. sounds really familiar.
1: Oh, man. Maybe about a month ago, I think. So yeah. he... So yeah, he went a different direction and just kind of fell apart. I wanted to buy a car and I didn't want to spend money on sound equipment. And I, you know, it yeah. was, you know, it's just, And the other guys didn't want to spend any money either, and that's what we needed. We needed a PA. We were short that and you yep. know, Rick decided to go somewhere else. And that's fine, but like I said, it was 20 years later we hooked up. And like, I don't know, we played well up until about 5 years ago. So and we used
0: to play, oh, two, three gigs a year. Yeah, just pick the ones you want to play and play them. Or but now well, we played the
1: Rock and Picnic maybe oh I don't know three times. Cool. And we played a couple of their winter shows. Oh, nice. And then we had this rock and roll reunion with the Lazy River Band. And that was, yep. like you said, that was probably 90 or 2000. or 90, 2005 or six, two 2005. It would have been about
0: 2005 would be my yeah. guess. Either that or 2006. But yeah.
1: So, yeah, I wanted to say, was it that late? I got, yeah, I've got pitch. I think we started having those reunions. We started like 2001. Mm-hmm. Artie Strutzenberg uh, called me up and and I don't. He says we're gonna have a little jam session down at the Eagles Club. And he so why don't you come on down?
0: That down in Fort Dodge?
1: No, it was here in Humboldt. here in Humboldt. It was where the Rustics is now. Oh,
0: cool, cool.
1: And it was uh it was the Eagles Club at that time. Or I don't know. It. it kind of changed hands two or three times yeah now.
0: it got really i mean it'd be something for one year and there's mrs g's that's and it, what i remembered as mrs as a kid.
1: g's and then the eagles and then or maybe it was uh the eagles mrs g's or whatever yep yep but it it um already called right out of the blue and well i had sound equipment at that time and I just thought, well, he just wanted me to bring... And that was fine. I would, I'd bring it down. And he says, well, we're going to have this little jam. I'm bringing up some guys from Des Moines. And he said, I'm bringing some of the guys from the Lazy River Band. I don't... Th- I think Randy Burka was back. and John Callahan was there. Uh-huh. And Plukey, Mark Flanagan from Adel showed up too. Nice. And then Artie brought Jimmy the Midnight Cowboy. Uh, he was on the Iowa Blues Hall of Fame. Jimmy... I uh, can't think of his last name. And then there was a couple other players from Des Moines, too, a harp player. And what a blast. And that yeah. place was packed. Oh, man. And so we got to do this ne- again next year. Well, then he got the Lazy River Band to, uh, all back together, got them all back. Yep. And, and so they played, and we packed the place again, you know. So and, Yeah. So we'd, uh, and Rick came up to play that second year. Because the band Gunshaw, and Rick had played with the band Gunshaw for a while, and Gunshaw had got together and played that night, too. It was kind of a band reunion type of thing. Uh-huh. So, but I'm kind of rambling a lot. Oh. I'm dancing around all over. I'm yeah. going year to year. I mean, oh, no, decade that's great. to decade, so. That's
0: great. Um. So, let's try and fill in the gaps. Like, you, you played how long with Static?
1: I think we got, yeah, it was 94 up until last uh, probably 4 or 5 years ago. 2013,
0: so, so another, 14. Yeah. All right. So I I must have came in uh somewhere close to the end when I saw you guys play cuz I would have been that Well, we played that rock and we, reunion show.
1: We played at rock and I think the last gig we did was at uh we ended the night I don't remember what year it was. 20 hmm 14 i think was yeah On the last one we did
0: yeah i would it would have been earlier than 2016 because that was that was the one i played on that was the first one i stayed for the entirety of the show okay there was there's one year we didn't i don't remember we played this you know someday i'm i hope to have the same issue you do where i've played you so many I... shows that i'm just going to be like i don't remember which one that was
1: we played three times out
0: at the I played with Static three times out at the park.
1: We played two evenings, one at the Rustics and one up at the VFW winter shows. Yeah, one of them, the one band had a band member die and they couldn't make it. Oh man! Within that a few days, and they called us oh, up. Oh man! Just out of it, you know, could you guys maybe, you know, we're looking for a band, and so we felt we we, we took it that night. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, we did. And I think I played Ned Freely one uh, Saturday night at the park too. Um, the the pre-show, the pre, the night before the yeah you know, the yeah league that, thing. yeah
0: those those are always fun because they always have like a grill out or something out there going yeah. on uh, fish yeah. fry or something crab boil or yeah it's always something going on. So yeah, we played there quite a bit and you know I
1: over the. Years I played a lot of venues.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet a
1: lot of, a lot of them not, not here anymore. None yeah, of them. Well, played he'd... the Star Ballroom in Dakota City, which is now Melinda's dance studio. Yep. Um, Rosie's DMT up at Rolf played up there. I don't even know what that is. Hell, it was a school out north of Rolf, maybe seven eight miles. Yeah. And it was Des Moines Township School is what the DMT stood for. But oh. a guy bought it and turned the gymnasium into a bar slash dance hall.
0: Genius. I mean, it's... All- and it,
1: you know, it was, I don't know, we probably... Yeah, it, it was probably in operation, probably 10 years, I suppose. But
0: yeah.
1: we huh, we played up there maybe 10 dozen times. Played up at the Sweetwater Hotel up in Livermore. That, that burned in ground. I was
0: gonna say I don't know. I don't remember a motel in Liverpool.
1: It was Sweetwater Hotel or Diamond Lills. Um, played there several times.
0: Um, you are saying, uh, I mean, when you get when you first started playing, you said you started playing like uh, school dances and things like that, and that seems to be something that I mean, obviously DJs are easier to to get and such, but it doesn't seem like that's a thing that anybody does anymore.
1: No, and it's kind of sad, but that's that's what you had for your dances when it when I was in high school. Yep. You hired bands, and you hired there was several of them around. Uh-huh. Some of them were well. There's the West Ministers out of Fort Dodge. There was um, oh gosh, what was it? There was a band from Sioux Falls. Man, they were good. There was a three piece band. I remember them. yet. I can't think. Was it? Blueberry buckle or some something crazy. Them guys were good. And then there was a couple horn bands I know would show up, mm-hmm. and for dances and.
0: That was, a, that was another thing I was going to ask you. You were talking how you guys weren't a horn band. Were there a bunch around or was that not really? Not really.
1: It was if you had if a band had horns that was odd because it was just everybody wanted to be the guitar player back then. Yep. Yep. And that's yep. what basically. Other than Chicago, that was it. Yeah. You know, maybe some of the Motown stuff had some horns in it, but you know what we were listening to, you know, not a lot. You know, the Beatles kind of went and did, I don't know, they had horn strings and everything else, and that's yep. what kind of, everybody kind of couldn't play their stuff anymore because it was hard. Yeah. You know, their, their later stuff, once they yeah. got into the rubber soul and their white album it, and you got the abbey road why well, no they had strings and yeah drums, yep. and gosh knows what they had yeah you lot. almost
0: need a whole symphony in order to recreate it yeah <laughs> and so it was hard
1: to play into that music and do it well uh-huh. and and that was the whole idea is how close you could sound you know yeah get that you know sound just like them that's what uh-huh. everybody would would that's how you'd get hired back mm-hmm. you know. yeah 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 yep it wasn't so much being original; it was how
0: well is you sound like the band you hear on the radio. Exactly.
1: Was, you know that's what everybody was looking for. So
0: yeah, I uh, one of the first things I remember, I, I've taken a lot of uh, uh what's the, like advice from people when I first started playing guitar, and even when I like recently started playing up, you know, playing again and going out and playing shows. One of the oddest pieces of advice that I kind of think rings true that I got when I was younger was don't play a Beatles song. Because there, there's a pretty good chance you won't be able to recreate it well enough, and like you said, the later stuff you don't, you can't even attempt it. You know, like you'd need synthesizers and and the whole nine yards to even come close these days.
1: Well, I had a sitar. What the heck is that? You yeah. Know, I, yeah, you know. I... <laughs> some Indian guru there was playing this any I uh, yeah it was like how do you recreate that you e-
0: couldn't exactly so. yeah especially if everybody's just got you know like a Fender amp and a Fender guitar it's like you you can't make those noises with this thing I mean nowadays everyone's got stomp boxes and everything yeah. else you can digitize yeah. stuff and send yeah. it through and
1: yeah I it's I was watching they just had the anniversary of their the Beatles rooftop their last concert uh-huh and it was they had Billy Preston on the keyboard, and that was, and, of course, the four original Beatles, and they did, I don't know, what was it, eight or nine songs. You know, and they are just sitting there with a Fender twin. They had a Fender basement amp.
0: Yeah.
1: and Like they said, no pedal boards, they were playing live. And <laughs> them guys were good. Oh, yeah. And that's why they got famous. Those guys were good.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I will admit to you and everyone else that's listening, I guess, that I'm not really a big Beatles fan but I'm not going to tell you they're not good. Like I Yeah, mean...
1: it's it's just now... That was a comment, you know, it was a YouTube video or something, or maybe it was something I cut. But, the, you know, you got the guys with all the comments, and the guy says, look at that, there's no pedals. There isn't a pedal on the ground, you know. Yeah. And they're just plugged with a... They got a guitar and a Fender Twin, and they're just playing this music. And, you know, and that basically... Yeah, well, their last album. They did Get Back and what was it? There was um Oh, there was maybe eight or nine songs that they did. And it was cold. They were wearing coats and you know, it makes yeah. you wonder how how do they keep that stuff in tune, but they sounded pretty dang good up yeah. on that rooftop.
0: That's crazy. Um do you use many pedals, I guess? Like I my pedal board I brought back, I don't remember what
1: I just brought it back from our rehearsal shed i want to put redo it but all i got is a blues driver that's been modified
0: mm-hmm.
1: i had a wawa pedal on it i don't use it with ned freely so i don't even put it on the board and i've got a tuner yeah. and yep. i got an amp switch i got a <laughs> I, I can i like to run small amps so i'll run two or three small 12 15 watt home build amps and
0: and either run them all or yep. pick the one i like you yep we need to dog ear that or start talking about that soon because that's <laughs> something that I like. I knew you did a little bit of that stuff, but then uh, it was like the very first of the year you posted, like, this is what I'm doing today. And it was it was you rebuilding an amp. And uh, not that I Facebook creeped you or anything, but no, then I, but, but then that, I was it's... like, holy cow, he's like rebuilding old radios or just fixing up like stuff that is considered junk to some people, you know, and it's like you just bust out a schematic and we're like, well, let's fix this thing and see what happens. Um, I don't, not always successful in a lot of this junk that i buy yeah, or i try well, to create that maybe that's my term for it i'm sorry to say that no
1: and I, I, my wife calls it junk and it's <laughs> junk too i it but it's just a challenge it's something you know something that i like to do and and i'm not that sharp on it but i i'm getting better let's put it that way yeah. so
0: you think uh let's let's sidetrack a weird bit here and get into some opinion talk like um I feel that there's not too many people willing to, like, dive into that kind of stuff anymore. And, I mean, I can, like, rewire a guitar up and down, (laughs) left and right. But if you, like, break out a PCB and are just like, what's wrong with this? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can tell you. I'm more into
1: tubes. When you get into the the transistor, no, the microprocessor-based stuff, no. Yeah? No. Just, yeah, that... The tubes are, you know, it's point to point. This wire goes from here to this this d- device and out of this device and back in. Yep. And, you know, you got a resistor, you got a cap, you got uh, maybe a transformer or two in there, and you got some tubes that do their amplification. Yeah. And, and um, a transistor is basically the same thing; it just takes that and then you amplify it. it. Takes the signal and amplifies it. Yep.
0: More or less. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm sure like you work with electricity in your day job and I'm sure that you went to school for this, correct? no no didn't. you didn't even go to school for electricity and <laughs> no
1: you... actually I went to uh, tech school to be an uh, auto mechanic
0: really yeah. How did you get involved? it seems like you're such a pro at this. How did you get involved doing this? Well you always had you had automotive
1: electric yeah oh, you yep, know yep, yep. and I kind of got piqued my interest in that. And there was always a desire, there was always auto electrical problems forever. Yep, and if you got good at it, people would drive a long ways if you could solve their problems. Yeah, uh, I will speak for that from the heart. And so I tried to get good at it. Well, then I, like, I, uh, I got a job with Corn Belt uh-huh. and I worked out at the power plant where they. Well, they didn't hire me for my good looks or sweet charm. They hired me because I knew how to how to fix stuff. yeah <laughs> and that's all there was to it. I so, mean that was it and that's where I've been ever since. It's been 44 years now it you know I went to night classes on um, basic electronics. you know I took these down at Iowa Central at Fort Dodge I took oh, cool. I don't know five or six thirty hour courses on digital electronics uh, fiber optics i took a night course on fiber optics that's cool and uh basic electronics so.
0: yeah i had, i just recently went back to school and i just went through i was central and got um an accounting okay good there. cool but, that's great but i had debated going into electricity because i had just started like rewiring guitars and um like I'd buy a pedal where somebody's like, "Oh, the switch doesn't work on it." Well, I can fix a switch. You know, like hit up the company, "Hey, send me a switch." Oh, it's gonna cost ninety cents plus sixty to ship it. Sure, you know, <laughs> you put it put it in there and it's and yeah. it works. So, I mean, it's not too much rocket science. Uh, learning how to solder is pretty much the hardest part of the whole entire thing.
1: Well, is a good good field to get into. So yeah, yeah. You 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 probably made a good
0: choice there. Not saying it, you know, but. For me, it's just a hobby. Yeah, i I certainly wish I knew more about it. is Is there something that got you into like fixing up old radios and things like that, or do you just you see them at sales and they just kind of throw them all in a box? It's like a buck you know, for don't these. I don't know how
1: that happened. It started with, you know, I'm looking here. i I had a night. I just found a box of stuff upstairs, and i had, I had a Fender Twin, a nineteen. And it quit. Well, here I had H.E. Halverson Electronics in Fort Dodge, Iowa. This was in 85. He repaired my Fender Twin amp.
0: Oh, nice. Well,
1: I just repaired that same amp. In fact, maybe that picture you were talking about that I had posted in Facebook that I was working on. Yeah. I would sold that twin to this uh, guitar player with it's in um, Ned Freely. And uh, it was just one of those amps that I didn't use anymore. and. Uh-huh. um they had a had an issue and i said yeah i can fix it well and i did and i'm now all of a sudden i draw this up and i thought hmm i paid this guy what was it 61 dollars back in 1985 i had a bad tube and a bad resistor yeah <laughs> yeah know.
0: oh man well that was another thing was like I had somebody recently asked me, like, oh, I'm going to put new tubes in my amp. Should I bias it? Absolutely. And they're like, well, where should I do that? And I'm like, well, that's that's the thing that might be kind of tough because place you might go it might be 100 Some Someplace it might be 20 It just depends on who you hit up and what. And I, I had suggested going to shops and seeing who they go through because not every shop has an amp technician. Because some of those places, they'll just send it out and then they'll just tack 20% on to whatever whoever they send it out to. And I, that's one reason. I was always just mystified by like how all these amps work and like the bigger they get, the crazier it just seems like this has got eight tubes in it. And I don't know, you know, obviously there's power tubes and preamp tubes. And well, it's a lot of it.
1: I mean, um, what I want to say, it's, it's the same principle. It's, there's maybe, uh, they can do something with, uh, the tone controls. Yeah. And, you know, they'll change those around, add, you know, they can add more control over a different frequency range.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but it's all the same. You just got a signal that comes out of that guitar. and yep. You got that string that passes over that pole piece, and it creates a very small voltage, and it just comes out that cord and into your amp, and it starts going through that chain. They just keep stepping the signal that's loud you know
0: yeah i mean it when you explain it like that it's like well it's simple but when you open it up and you see all the parts in there that's to me it's just a bunch of foreign stuff inside of there well it's just yeah
1: but you once you look at the schematics and you kind of start to follow up when the signal starts here and uh, yeah and you say well it's got to go through here and it comes out and they need to filter out you know part of that saying you know, all they carry it on a dc and they fit you know they block the dc so they alternating you know your your music yep. passes through yep. and then but the dc carries it into the next device and yeah it, it
0: that's wild <laughs> that's all that's just it's like mystical to me i wish i knew more about it i <laughs> wish there was an easy way i could just sit down with you in an afternoon well it's it. you know and
1: I, I probably wouldn't be very good at a, on the theory part and I wish there was better at explaining it. And I kind of got I, it's hard to grasp. There, there There's an art. Yeah. I, you know, I've got an O Scope. That's
0: awesome. Oscill- you can spend. All, yeah. Yes. You yeah. can
1: spend hours. You need to spend hours and hours and hours looking at them things to get really good at it. Yeah. And I mean, we used to use them on cars. And they'd, you know, you'd hook it up and you can see all this squiggly line go across there. And, well, this means it's doing this um voltage is here and it's here and it's here and it's here and it should look like this and it should look like this and it should like this what if it don't look like that what does that mean you know yeah you know and that's what you know and and so now you got to understand that
0: yeah i mean that's 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 wild um have you ever thought about like completely building your own amps like you're
1: you're sitting in amongst them oh
0: sweet so you built all these yourself yeah from, from scratch yeah holy cow that's wild. Is that like a suitcase amp back there? What is that thing? It was a sewing machine case. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's awesome. I just
1: cut the cut an opening and put a 10-inch speaker in it. It's about a 12, 15-watt amp. That is so cool. I'm not really how happy with the sound of it. It looks cool, but it's not very sturdy. Yeah. And I got a, the speakers mounted on a piece of plywood in there, but it just... It gets kind of buzzy. You get loud, and it just... It's too much amp for that case. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, it does have something to do with the housing on it. Uh, yeah. Not the amp, just the housing part. Yeah, you know? I think so.
1: I Artie Dean uh, was back in town, and I use that. And he wants... He always wants me to bring that that's a uh it's a copy of a vibratone and it's a leslie oh it's cool it's got the rotating, it's rotating speaker in there rotating speaker in it nice. and he always wants me to bring that he wants that. he wants that warble going all the time yep. in the bag so so i use that suitcase amp and the, the vibratone
0: dude that's so neat i still remember the first time somebody's like oh they got a rotating speaker in here and the first time i had thought about it was i had bought um uh it was either a delay pedal or a reverb pedal, but it had a had a make yeah. makeshift rotary speaker thing yep. in there. Yeah. And I was like, what is this all about? So you go look it up online and you're like, somebody made a speaker that spins around in a circle to actually create that sound instead of just changing the way that the signal goes through, you know? Something that I guess back then maybe somebody didn't know how to do it with with digital technology or whatever. And no, 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 no. well,
1: like a Leslie I can't even remember. That was the guy's name. He got the patent on it, and that's why they called his name was Leslie, yep. last name, and that's how it got named the Leslie. Well, they put him, they used him on organs.
0: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it was
1: they had the Leslie speaker, and they had the old Hammond organ, and you'd buy the Leslie speaker as a um, add-on. Uh huh. Where most, a lot of the time, the organs didn't have amplifications in them, so you need yeah. to plug into separate. Well, then they had the Leslie amp. And yep. They Had. Uh, tube amp that was probably 40 to 80 watts there was different and they had two horns they had a a horn on top that rotated one way and then they had a drum and that's what that is it's just a rotating drum and the speaker fires into the center of this drum and it's got a scoop and and it and it just the that's speaker cool. fires into the scoop, and it this drum just turns. Yeah. So it's a scoop, you know, and it. Okay,
0: that's, that's really what cool. That's what
1: recreates the sound. It, the speaker doesn't rotate; it just uh,
0: something rotates, just yeah, pretty much in front of it. Yeah. Is. That's cool. Holy cow! I guess I never knew that. So so and that's in uh, the Leslie
1: speaker for they use in the organs. Like I said, they had their drum, and they had like a twelve inch. I don't know. Um, Jensen speaker that fired into that drum, then mm-hmm. it rotated one way, and then the horn at the top rotated a different way. Yeah, and they had a slow speed and they had a fast speed. Okay, so they'd slow down and speed up. You'll hear that, and I've got that on this too. I've got a high low speed on it. Oh, it's neat. So,
0: did Did you make uh the guts for that all yourself? I guess like the you speaker know I and the, no the drum and everything.
1: I was picking up organs and that's where i get my stuff for building my amps i just find all these old organs that are sitting out on a on pickup day and yeah or i now i look at craigslist or even on you know the facebook sites for sale sites and they've got come come get it
0: yeah yeah i mean there's so many of those out there Um, so
1: i you know get it in the back of my truck and drag it home and i take all the guts out that i want that's and wild. the rest of it i just put in the dumpster i'll save some I even save some of the wood i don't know why. I... Here, this guitar amp that was a church speaker oh cool and i just uh built a little it's a little five watt like a champ uh-huh. amp. and it had a 12 inch jensen speaker in it and it, like i said it was just a speaker in a church that's
0: cool so did,
1: did you make the cover on that thing yourself no that's M. I imagine it was a Methodist church or you could turn it, it's square, so you could turn it, and it could be an E, or it could be a W, or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just makes me think about... Uh... I want to say it might have come out of the Methodist
0: church in Humboldt, the old Methodist church.
1: Old Methodist church.
0: Um, Near the old football field, is that where... No, it out? would have been where the, where the church,
1: where the Methodist church, well, close to where it's at, it's at Methodist church in Humboldt is now.
0: I guess I didn't know there was another but one I, up there
1: i'm just guessing i bought it at an auction sale and i bought that and a whole sack of vacuum tubes oh neat yeah Uh, and i buy that's where i get a lot of my stuff i'll pick it up i'll see stuff like that at auction sales Oh, one
0: man's junk you know i mean it's another man's treasure
1: and that's where i picked up a few organs was at an auction sale do you play the organ at all no no i'm not i used to be better i never was i'm i'm not even self-taught I I'm, maybe can do two fingers, and that's about it. yeah. I was trying to learn some vocal do some learn some vocal parts. so the best way I know to do it is to play it on a keyboard, or uh-huh. piano, yep, and if you got harmonies and then you play, you know, if you got two, you know, right, you play one at a time, and the singer yep. just learns that, you know. I've, we we were working on one with Ned, and I thought, well, I'm just gonna holy cow. I tried to put three parts together, and probably for two bars, (laughs) (laughs) I worked and worked and worked and worked on that for hours. I never did get it, so I could play it good. Yeah, yeah, you know, a three-part, three-note progression. So,
0: (sighs) it's not easy. I uh, I tried playing piano. My sister played growing up, and it just wowed me. You know, Um, it's never something I was very good at, or something I could do. But ironically, when I took music theory classes, I learned all of it on a piano because it was just seemed to be the easiest thing to translate. Yeah. And then it was just like, well, now how do I put all this information into a guitar? You know, so I had to had to try and relearn, read, teach yourself. Right? Yeah, or, yeah. Figure out where the new patterns were going to be. I guess would be a good way to explain it.
1: I took a music theory class when I was in high school. It was uh, something that they offered there here in Humboldt, and it was uh, the band instructor and the vocal choir director taught it. Mm-hmm. Man, they were. I liked listening to all the old. Yeah, you know it was uh, Tchaikovsky, the Beethovens. Uh, yep. We'd you would listen, and then it come to the composing. Well, there's, you know. When it come to the composing part, it was like that. That's a lot of. I don't want to say that was complicated.
0: Yeah, um, you know, there's really you know, there was things that you had to follow and yeah, there was certain things you couldn't step too many notes at once, otherwise it would sound bad. But if you, I mean, if you're only moving like if you only need to move two notes, then you don't need to just do quarter note, quarter note because that's boring. So sometimes you overshoot and come back and. I mean,
1: yeah, and it was like, they had rules. Well, why can't you break the rules? That's what I, you know, there's yeah. there certain things. Well, they said, well, you can't do that. And I said, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I had somebody try to explain it to me once that said, like, music theory was created to explain why the people that are making music at the time are making music, because when they started having, like, some of the first basic music theory, people hadn't ex- explored so much music. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as in-depth as it could have been, like... uh People hadn't tried to push the limits of it as much as they did, other than I guess maybe having an orchestra here or there or whatever. I mean, there's obviously like some great composers throughout time, but Well, I
1: could see what they were after. If like if you're doing composing that, you know I, I, I can understand it, but I always, you know, well I, well I'm gonna write ai s I'm gonna write a song. I'm gonna compose a song. Says, well they said you can't do that. You know? I, you know, I didn't know why. Well, I couldn't take it home and put it on the piano. Well, then when they when they tried to play it, well, then I could kind of understand it once you heard it. Yep. But when you're writing the notes down on that...
0: Yeah, it looks good on the paper because it seems to follow the way it should. It yep. looks like it looks good. That's actually a really good example because it was the same way because we would have to write stuff and then we would give it to one of our teachers and they would play it for us and they'd play it in front of everybody. I mean, there was only four people oh, yeah. in the class, in my class, but it was still like... You know, you're going to be pretty embarrassed if the stuff you're, especially if you hit like the wrong note or something, you know, like you put the wrong note in there and the teacher's just going to play it anyways because, because you, because you wrote it like that. So,
1: because I remember I composed something and I don't know, it was probably eight or 12 bars and it was one of our, it was for our grade and. My mom played piano, and I think we had a piano at home. Well, she couldn't make anything out of it. She, you know, it'd been years since she'd sat down on a piano, mm-hmm. and we had a piano at home, and nobody. All it was was a piece of furniture, so we never even looked at it. Yeah, but so I take it to school, and I think I got. I'm gonna ace this thing. Well, it sounded like mud. It yeah. just, you know, and I thought on paper it looked great.
0: Yep, and. and and he says, Well, you didn't. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, was, it's wild that some people can actually just sit down with a piece of paper and some staff lines and write stuff and they know what it sounds like. Well, and it's going to be like. Yeah. They already know how good it's going to be. Um,
1: yeah. I, I thought I did in my head. I thought it was, you know, it wasn't. And I got to see. C. It was probably worth see. Probably wasn't even worth that. But it was, like I say, when somebody tried to play it, and I could, then I couldn't understand why they had certain rules. But then again, I thought, well, why? You know, it's like, yeah, how are you going to decide, you know, find out how well it sounds or if you don't break the rules? That's what guys do now. I yep. mean, they break rules.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, tritones would be the big one. <laughs> tritones would definitely be the big one that I would uh point to, which would be like uh splitting your fourth and fifth. I don't know how much you... <laughs> think of like
1: i can kind of remember that yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: so um it doesn't sound good like almost any way you play it but i recall there being a composer that made a piece that used that as the focal point and had you not been told that you wouldn't have even known but it sounds so wretched if you just try and play it yeah like next to each other normally and i don't know uh victor wooten plays bass i don't know if you know victor wooten he's a, a bass player he's pretty famous but he I don't know. He's played in a handful of bands. I think he's, anyways. Anyways, he's really, really good at bass. And he had kind of talked about that, where like if you play a C and a C sharp, they don't sound very good when you play them directly next to each other. But if you put them in the context of a song, they can sound good. You know? Yeah. So uh, I guess it all kind of does matter how you apply it, and maybe that just comes back to a little more exposure on the topic. Maybe, maybe you some of it's timing. You you put those two notes together, but it you know
1: yeah it's. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, like I say, I never got very deep into theory, and that was 45 years ago when I took
0: that, so. So you would probably say that theory did not, like, uh, push you into being the guitarist you are today, or do you think it did? No, no,
1: I don't know what pushed me. I just like doing it. I like playing. Yeah. I mean, I just, for me, it was easy. Yeah. I started, I think I was 10 years old. I got a guitar for Christmas, and and Mom found a teacher, a guy that would give me lessons. Kent Haynes was his name, and I took lessons from Kent probably about six months. Well, by then, we pretty much knew what he knew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he, he, he basically taught us chords, and then Kent graduated from high school, you know it got into the summer and he decided to be a barber or something and he left and then there was a so he still went out to his mom's house i remember that and a guy from four dodge came up and gave lessons well then we were learning the the notes on the guitar well i just got absolutely bored to death of that i didn't care where the c was or the a was or Mm -hmm. and reading the music you know I had yeah. to do that music class in school. I wasn't interested in that either. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. So now you're just trying, now someone's trying to apply it to a guitar and it's making the guitar. Now noise. I wish
1: I have stayed with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to do it the hard way. I still don't know where every, I could, you know, really don't know where every note is up and down that neck. Yeah. I know where I need to be.
0: Yeah. What, and, what do you think you attribute to that? Is it just uh not necessarily learning the pattern, but kind of like it was that, a pattern that was the, like the first thing i started noticing was even like it's patterns even the most intricate metal dude it's just like you're literally just playing a pentatonic scale in a weird pattern super fast that's all you're doing it's nothing you're not scales yeah yeah them
1: guys a lot of the guys that you hear it's just scales and they just kind of yep you go to guitar center and there's somebody just playing the daylights out of a scale yeah, you yeah. Know,
0: like, just ripping up arpeggios left oh, and right okay yep and, I mean, it's kind of fun when you start to, like, think about that. Like, uh, like oh, sweet picking sounds so crazy. Well, it's just one note at a time, and you're playing a bar chord really high up on your neck for the most part. That's it. And then, like, it's just like, oh, man. Then it just takes the practice, which is the thing that most people don't do, because I can't sweep pick. But, you know, it's kind of fun to watch people do it. Yeah, I
1: need to get back to it, but I used to do a lot of finger picking.
0: That's always marveled me.
1: And I never, I used, I did it with pick you know, finger picks and a thumb pick. Well, then I got away from that and I just used my fingers. Yep. And I used to do a lot of it. Boy, I can't, I'm not very good at it anymore. I, I used to do that Travis, that alternating bass. Uh-huh. And then you'd pay a medley with it. and Oh, that's your, cool. You just use your thumb to pick oh. the bass notes. And an alternating bass, you just boom, 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 yep. boom. Yep. And but- you
0: you add all the, the
1: chet atkins style yeah yeah the... atkins was a travis picker
0: yeah you add all the flair on on the higher notes for the most part
1: yeah, yeah. you can throw in the little triplets and a little, and the little melody lines and uh a...
0: so i i used to do
1: a, a lot of songs and i just i just kind of the last six months i said i need to I don't, I don't even have an acoustic guitar i like got one but it's So I need to buy an acoustic, decent acoustic guitar and learn how to do that again because that's probably, yeah, would be good, you know, to get back at. Yeah. Get to be able to do
0: that again. So. You ever try playing a banjo? Um. You know, I never picked one up. Really? Never once? Nope. Oh wow. I, I, and it's the same style of picking yeah I could I figured, probably do it i figured the finger picking would the tra- finger, I mean, translate I remember pretty well
1: bob johnson had one and he picked the heck out of it and yeah i no i don't think i've ever put one on and never tried it
0: yeah i i'd only tried uh like a six string that was fitted like a guitar you know okay, you've seen yeah. those and that's like cheating you know that's not even close they got to the an four actual...
1: strings and they got the five string
0: yep Yep, there's a 4-string and a 5-string, but this one was literally just like, uh, yeah, I don't even know what you want to call it, guitar banjo, like, okay, yeah. because it was just lowest string to highest string, just like a guitar, and it was tuned just like a guitar in space, oh, okay. but it's like, this isn't a guitar, you know? It's... I don't even know how they tune a banjo, oh, even a 5-string, I don't even know how they're tuned. Yeah, I mean, I started recently going on YouTube and watching videos of it, and just because I was interested in trying it. I don't know if I want to go buy a banjo, though, they're not exactly cheap. And they're not exactly low-maintenance. So,
1: It was in the 80s. um, There was a fellow in town, um, Paul Silball was his name. He used to, I don't know if he was part owner or owner of uh, Gunder.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Paul was a musician, had been a musician in town for, and um, Paul's been gone now. I don't know when Paul passed away, late 80s, early 90s. Oh, okay. But he um, he was a fiddle player, and so was Alvin Johnson, which would be Bob Johnson's dad. Oh, no way. And it was uh, there was a guy, a fellow by the name of Kenny Photo. He was a country uh, musician, but he was a fiddle player. And I was kind of into the bluegrass at that time, and I was doing this finger picking, and I knew all a lot of the bluegrass tunes. Yep. And it was Alvin Johnson had gotten married uh, and they were having a chivalry out in his farm. And it was kind of a surprise party. Well, I was playing with Mike Williams and it was and Jeff Halverson. I think Scott and it was Bob, I think Bob Johnson. Anyhow, we were having this big, you're going to have all these musicians out there and we're playing well, it kind of got rained out, and we all kind of wound up in this barn. Mm-hmm. And remember this yet. These three guys, it was Alvin and Paul and Kenny Photo, brought out their fiddles, and there was another guy by the name of Lefty Keenest, and all he right. had a fiddle. And I'll tell you, that was some of the sweetest music I ever heard. <laughs> them guys could just play the heck out of them things. Oh, that's awesome. And it was amazing. And so I thought I wanted to be a fiddle player. Yep. And Paul Sybil, he says, yeah, they're just, and he was, I think I mentioned this early, earlier on, oops,
0: yeah.
1: uh, early on, on this podcast, um he was the guy that said there's just too damn many guitar players. Oh,
0: okay, that's cool. That's he awesome. was the
1: guy said, these are just, he says, you need to be a bass player, you need to be a fiddle player. Yeah. So all right, I went to this auction sale a couple of weeks later, and there was this fiddle for sale. So I bought it. He kind of bid on it at first, and then he see me; I was bidding on it, and he just backed off. And so I got it <laughs> for about twenty twenty five bucks. Well, it cost me about another hundred dollars to get. It had two bows, and I got both the uh, bows rehaired and I got some strings put on it, uh-huh. and some other work. And I'm, all of a sudden, I had about a hundred bucks in it. Oh man. And so I was going to be a fiddle player. Those things aren't as easy as they look.
0: Uh, no, I I don't know. What like how does it seem that like somebody goes to pick one of those things up and it's nearly impossible to play, and the only other people you see playing them are absolute professionals. Like there's no middle ground on that at all. It seems you got to like.
1: work. You just got to. And it, for
0: me, it would take
1: 15, 20 minutes before I can even get any decent tone out of it and yeah. even then it was like you just you'd squeak and, and yeah yeah and it was like ah uh, and it was even i would practice an hour every day and i didn't even i kind of even gave up the guitar for a while and <laughs> after about six months i said you know what it just ain't happening yeah i
0: just kind of i learned how to do some songs but yeah well that's that's wild yeah i i never had good luck trying to bow a string with any bowed anything like it doesn't matter what it was i it just i couldn't like you said i couldn't get the tone to come out of it and it's it takes a steady hand to do it and
1: you know and it's um alvin johnson bob's dad man he had fingers like slabs of sausage. I yeah. mean, they were just huge. He did big arm hands. Yep. And he he was a big fellow, and he would just take that fiddle and it just kind of disappeared when he hold it. You know, he'd get it <laughs> in his hands, and it was just like, and his hands were huge, and he just got beautiful tone out of that thing, and he just played it so nice. Yeah. I. And he just made it so easy looking, and he just like it was there was no effort at all. Yeah. No effort.
0: I. I will have to say that, like, when I first started playing guitar, my excuse was always my fingers are too big. And then, I mean, like, the first person someone showed me was Tal Farlow. He's a jazz guitarist. I don't know if you know. Anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, Tal Farlow's hands were huge, too. And it was like, well, this guy can play this stuff. Why can't you? You know, and it's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah. And
1: so I remember, like, that night, I sat in that barn and I thought, holy cow, this is some of the best, <laughs> best sounding music just sitting here and it was just probably 20 30 people there was a keg of beer in there and and the music just kept coming and i just it was hard for me to go home that night and yeah and so that's when i thought i was going to be a fiddle player well like i said it was yeah i maybe worked at it a year maybe yeah and it just i just said no yeah this ain't happening
0: oh it's so tough i mean i've i've picked up the ukulele i'm okay not great it's uh, ukulele is another one that i would have to say is it's tough to play good you can play a ukulele but it's tough to play that thing good i've never what was it
1: somebody i had i couldn't even remember how to tune one and i was it Somebody said uh, you sing
0: my dog has fleas my dog has fleas
1: yep. and, she goes, bah, 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 bah. Yep. and i says how do you oh i used to play one of them all the time she said yeah and i don't have one i never had an interest now i've got a couple lap steels oh nice that i bought at auctions and um i'll play them
0: that's always i've also been mystified by that it just and it's uh, have you ever sat down on a pedal steel no no never that
1: is an instrument i mean that jeff alverson plays one and i just you know you're using both feet yep both knees and both hands oh man and they're all going the same time that's crazy you know the one foot's on the bottom pedal and the other foot's running pedals and then you got two knee levers
0: i guess i didn't know they even know there were knee levers and sometimes
1: they you know they got a lever on each side of one knee and i want and they can just wiggle this knee or just uh, and then they got pedals that would be it just awesome. depends on how many necks you got on it and how yeah. many, you know if it's a eight string or a ten string or uh-huh but if you ever watch some of them guys that are good play
0: them things, yeah,
1: they just make them hop. I'll yeah. just tell you, they just like
0: whoa. Yeah, uh Scott Dahl. I want to say it went live on Facebook with some footage that he had recorded of somebody playing one once, and it was just you know it's it's wild because I don't I don't even know how to process what's going on, and it's not even like it's that much different than a guitar, but it is. It's so much different. It it is. You're using all
1: your every limb that you got you yeah. know you're using your you got finger picks and you got a bar and you damp you know the strings in he- a bar and then like i say you got your knees going you got both feet going and of course that volume gives it the swell and uh-huh. it goes, that's how they get and holy cats that takes some coordination
0: yeah uh do you ever play any of that or no or no 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 like no. say
1: i got the lap steel yep. i Sometimes I struggle with that keeping the pitch, and that's, I I do bottleneck too,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I, sometimes I struggle with pitch with that. I don't. Sometimes I can nail it, and then another, next night I say, "That's that's not good." And, yeah. And and even the guy said, no, nah, you're not right, Curry. You're not doing it right." Well, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's why. Well, some nights I can hear it. Some nights I can't. Yeah.
0: So. I uh. I got really into the Almond Brothers like five, six years ago and was like, oh, I got to learn how to play the slide guitar. And I never got around to it until about a year or two ago. I bought a slide and was like, all right, let's do this. And even just playing a regular slide guitar is more difficult than it looks. Because you think yeah. it's just like, oh, it's a flat thing and you just slide it around and everyone's yeah, like.
1: And a lot of it's the slide I use. I like them. The yeah. Mudslide, uh, porcelain. Uh, I don't know. There's uh, Stevens slide. Yeah. Well that's for the lap steel.
0: Yep. 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 Um
1: they've got another one. It looks like a I don't even know how to describe it, but it's got kind of a rounded end and that's so you can push it okay forward and back. And that and this this has got such a sharp edge you just don't do that with this or you'll catch the string. Yep. You know, if they're sliding, you know, they'll you know it's not just this way but they'll you know they'll play here and they'll dampen the top strings and they're playing at the the lower lower registers and then they'll so you know you watch them guys play and that's what's great about youtube yeah as you can see how some how some of these guys are doing it used to be you had to go watch them you had to pay to go watch these guys play you know
0: yeah and that's another thing how did you get so good to play these songs when you're in high school and there's no internet around you
1: listen to the radio a lot yeah or you bought the you bought the lp and you just you ruined the record because you played it over and over and over and over and
0: over did you do the whole like okay we're gonna pitch it all to the right speaker and learn this guy's guitar part then we'll pitch it all to the left speaker and we'll learn this no guy's we'd guitar. slow
1: it down if oh, it yeah. was a if it was a 33 and a third rpm we'd slow it down to 16
0: just to get some of the riffs
1: oh that's crazy and then we'd transpose back up to the yes. key. Yeah, you got because, done
0: because it would distort it all the way down. Yeah, I mean yep.
1: it would. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. but you could get the general progression. Yeah, and you would find it on the guitar, and then you'd play it to pitch. Yeah, you know, after you learn the the muscle got the muscle memory down. Yep, and well, then you'd play it to pitch.
0: Uh huh. I uh I kind of feel where you're coming from a little bit. I recently joined a metal band and they tab everything out on uh, a software on a computer and it does the same thing. You can slow it down and play it slower to you and mm-hmm. I you know I had to learn it slower to get the muscle memory down before I could start speeding it up and playing to the speeds they wanted to play it, but it's one of those things like that. You say that once you get the muscle memory down, it's just becomes a little bit more second nature and speeding up's not as big of a challenge as as it seemed to be.
1: No, it's just that yeah, it's a muscle memory thing and it's it's funny how get back playing with static and rick when we were in high school we were called attic or he had rick was in a band called attic with the other guys and then i came along and they put the s in it and then it was static okay anyway but what was i gonna say i lost my train of thought
0: uh muscle memory muscle point? memory we learned
1: all them rock songs yeah. and then all of a sudden 25 30 years later well, we're going to do these songs again uh-huh well now it's funny how you remember all that stuff. all that yeah. stuff came back really <laughs> that's wild he says let's do monster by steppenwolf remember we used to do that and i said yeah and we just ripped it right off
0: oh that's crazy
1: the bass player he didn't he was kind of familiar with it and he you know he was enough to carry it through Uh uh-huh but he and when we got done we kind of looked at each other and it's like did we just do that you know it's been like 30 years since we probably played that song yeah it was all muscle memory and again it all came back pretty quick Uh uh-huh well we also discovered that we played it the way we played it in high school it was not necessarily correct yeah and so that was a cool thing was getting back when you're 30 years older we learned how to do it right yeah and then you can make it then it started to sound like it probably really should have sounded like we we were close when we were in high school yeah a lot of it was a lot of noise but
0: (laughs) well i I mean you guys were at at the mercy of of almost just guessing until you got it right am i right because like i mean nowadays you got tabs and it's like well this tab is got tabs you got youtube 80 80, 90 youtube
1: YouTube shows you how to every breaks it right down yep note by note it's following
0: the tabs on the bottom like like karaoke oh yeah yeah i mean that is kind of the blessing of today but i also feel like since somebody did all that hard work for most people most people don't even go out and look for that stuff anymore it it, i mean there are people that'll go out and find it but it just it's it's kind of difficult when it's like you can learn this song where oh it's just on ultimate guitar you just type the song name in and you can find it and people are just like meh all right well yeah
1: and it was Oh, I gave guitar lessons to a couple kids, oh, it's been four or five years ago. And they said, Well, I want to learn how to play this song. Well, I don't even know what they were even talking about. I yeah. mean, I don't I'm not familiar with this song. Uh-huh. So here we go. We go sitting right here, we got the IMAC right behind me. We yep. just pop it right up and say, Okay. Well, it's like, Well, what do you need me for? You got one of these at home, you know. Exactly. And you can learn it
0: that's that's one of the issues I'm having because i'm I teach guitar lessons now and i I just teach beginners for the most part but when they start to learn songs and it's just like you don't need me anymore you know like you you, you do f- to an extent to have somebody to push you, but at the same time, if you can push yourself, yeah I can become yeah, non-existent
1: that's when I was ten years old after six months learned everything that guy knew yeah and <clears throat> he said, I can't teach you anything more yeah. I mean, and, and that was the case for him, but because I was, well, back then, it was the Monkees, man. The Monkees are the big oh, band yep, right then yep. in 1965 and 66. Hey, hey the Monkees. Yep. I think it was, yeah, it was probably, I got the guitar and was Christmas is 65 and it was like six that fall 66, their TV show came. I think it was 66. Oh, well, yeah. And that's what I wanted to play yep you know mm-hmm. and i've learned i i probably even still got the book somewhere that's got the music in it all their songs
0: so know? it's because of the monkeys that you are hand making amps today you i that think what so th- is that what you're saying it that's what started the ball rolling.
1: <laughs> you know i don't know how i get started on that it was just um i don't know what got me i don't know if i got on the internet and i just saw this site and these guys were working on them i thought well that that amp right there that was the one i had in high school oh yeah it's a monkey wards oh it's made by Valco. huh and I, I, i'm thinking about selling it but and but anyhow back to amp buildings and I don't really know I it was just for something for me to do. It was just project. I like projects. So I thought, well I can build that. I'd like to build something that I could use. Uh-huh. And you know, what's behind you, that's what I've used in my gigs. I don't that's how I sold my Fender twin. I just
0: That's that's really wild. Is there it,
1: the Fender Twin is a great amp, but oh, this yeah. the one behind you that's a copy of a fifty eight baseman. Nice. Yeah, it's got the four ten inch speakers in it. And it does. I reconed the speakers. I had four blown 10-inch. Actually, I had about 12 10-inch Fender speakers, and they're all in various shapes, of not very good. Mm-hmm. And I reconed all the speakers. That's cool, too. And uh, I bought the chassis that you mount all the components in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you buy the components. But I mounted the tube sockets, and you wire up the tube sockets to the transformers and the sockets and then they come to another transformer and and um you put it all together and it hopefully it works yeah now i had well that one worked right up front you know i had a couple cold solder joints that in it that i had to get in and redo but yep I've got a Marshall 18-watt. I think I posted that on Facebook that I'm working on. I love that amp. It was a great sounding amp. I'd used it for probably 8 or 10 years. Nice. I had a gig last summer. I had it, and I got a copy of a Tweed, Fender Tweed, like a 53 or 55 Tweed amp. Uh It's just a copy of it. It's like a 12 or 15 watts, and I was using it and that 18-watt. You get that. It actually it was up at the vfw you you get a nice grind and not get very loud
0: mm-hmm. you know you're yeah.
1: not they're, that's,
0: that's the blessing of the small watt amp yeah. yep. And, yep you don't have and, to blow everyone's eardrums out and you get, you get a tone. nice
1: you just get that it just starts getting pretty smooth you know right at at a good you know a decent volume or not a loud volume so anyway we're playing along, we're about into the second set, end of the, probably getting towards the end of the night, and all of a sudden I just got pure hiss, static out of that thing, shut it off, and, and I have yet to figure out what's wrong with that oh, thing. Oh, man. I have replaced components. I have, I'm down to the point where I'm just going to strip it. right. I think I've got a bad solder joint somewhere that's on the backside of a board somewhere, and I got it completely terrible all apart to get at it and and I put a scope on it and um, the last couple weeks ago and uh, and then I got busy with a couple other guys amps and I haven't been back to it but I think I know where it's at I think so anyway
0: I so uh, uh, shut this off uh, that's totally cool Uh, do you have any shows coming up uh, anytime soon? Um. Because you're currently in Ned Freely. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to have, so far we got like three or four, I don't know when, either April, is our first April or May.
0: Alright, I'm sure it's on your Facebook, and if it's not, it will be soon. It will be soon. Alright, so, uh, I'll put a link to your Facebook in the description, uh, down yeah. below. Um, yeah. Yeah, they usually tell me, you know, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. well,
1: we got we got this coming up in a month. We got to, you know, we need to get, and we rehearse. In fact, that's what my phone's dinging about. I see yeah. the guys are wanting to set up for tomorrow night. That's so. good.
0: Good. Good deal. I, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know if you're, it's kind of like me. We're like, I I know when I know we're playing shows and I know when we play them, but I don't ever just like burn it in my head to be like, this day at this time at this place, we need to be here. Well, see, these were all booked probably four, five, six months ago. Yeah. For okay. next yeah. year. Yep. You yep. know, and we keep saying,
1: well, yeah, we can do it for if, if I'm alive, I'll be there. And the <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, one of the guys is 80. Oh, uh, yeah. And the other guy is 75. Mm hmm and jack i think is 65 or 6 i'm 63 yeah so you know that's what yeah you know we played at the vfw last november well they wanted to hire us i think it's next june and next november nice in 2019 yep in so fact, Scott told me, he says, oh, they want us to play November 20th. And I says, well, today's the 21st. And he says, no, this is for next year. Oh, my
0: gosh. They're booking you 364 days out. Something like yeah, it was. I thought, <laughs> "Uh,
1: well, yeah, if I'm still around, That'll I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there so. <laughs> if everybody else will be there, I'll be there, too.
0: So. Yeah. Do you ever make it out to any jam nights or anything like that?
1: I haven't. Scott asked. You know, he's had a couple up with the Red Lantern. Yep. I may try to make one. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I I did enough jams in my life. That, yeah. You know, it's they're fun. I remember going up to Havelock. They used to do that, what, once a month? I think in all the years, seven, eight years they did it. I think I made it twice. had a blast both times I did it. Yeah. Um, I used... I was one of the founding members of the uh, Lizard Creek Blue Society. All right. And and I was always in charge of jams.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: for, I don't know, three, two, three years, we had jams, and we we had a traveling jam show. I tell you what, we oh, played... Oh, cool. Oh. And we... Gosh, I remember playing Main Street of 4 Dodge. remember playing... Was it the Eagles Club down in Four Dodge? Is that up on the third floor of uh, Yeah, e- uh, the, First Avenue North?
0: Or? Yeah, they got a Eagles. I think the Eagles Club is second floor, and they call it the Ballroom on the top floor. Yeah, but there's the, a ball ballroom. Room. Yeah, that's ball, that's awesome we, up there. We
1: jammed up there a couple of times, just mainly because we needed a place to practice. We practiced at Doctor Dayton's Garage. He had a workshop over there by Troy Waller Auto Body. It was behind <laughs> we and we practiced. We jammed in there and we. We came up to the Naughty Pine. We'd have the Fine nice. Pine Jam, and we just oh, absolutely cool. packed that Oh yeah. place.
0: Oh, know? man, I could of just it take 35
1: people to pack it. But, yeah, well. <laughs> but, it, you know, and we'd just pack the place, and Eric Colby was, would always show up, and then there was um, a couple other. I played guitar. Don Wagner would play bass. Scott would play drums. Eric Colby's drummer... Um, Oh, shoot, can't think of his name. He was an optometrist down in Fort Dodge. Foreman, Jeff Foreman. Okay. Would show up. Um, Dr. Dayton would was a, a good guitar player. There was a couple other guitar players. Sometime Eric Colby had a harp player that came up from Missouri that would play with us once in a while. Holy smokes, could he play that harp? But yeah, and I did that for two or three years and it was throw all my stuff in the back of the truck, all of course I had this all the sound equipment,
0: I yep. had the PB oh, equipment, and, yep, yep.
1: and I had the bass bins and I had I'd throw her all in the truck, Oof. load her all up, yep. unpack it, set it up, tear down, pack it up, unload and I yeah. <laughs> I got burned out on yeah, that.
0: Unloading it's, when you get home is the hardest part. Yes, You yeah, have no idea how many times I've just wanted to leave all my stuff in my car overnight.
1: I, There was times I just grabbed my guitars and the rest of it sat in the yep, truck. Yep,
0: I've, I've done it. I've left the speaker cabs is usually what I end up leaving in the car if I leave something. Um, I'm scared to leave an amp outside. I don't know if you know how cold it's going to get. I don't want condensation to get all it's over funny, the board. That's, and stuff, that's so. an issue.
1: I've had that happen when you add an amp and get really cold and you bring it into a warm building and all of a sudden it's got... St- you turn it on and it's, you know, it draws, well, the thing is, it's in a warm house. You take it out and it gets cold and it, you put the cover over it and you trap the moisture inside there.
0: Yeah. And yeah. all of a
1: sudden the tubes are all wet.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And you got wet sockets, you got wet connections, you got wet jacks, and all of a sudden you got buzzes, hums, pops, and...
0: Smoke and fire so, and who yeah, knows. You, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean... Do you, you have anything else going on other than Ned F- Ned Freely right now? Um, like I said, Artie Dean. Um, oh, yeah.
1: Classmate of mine. Um, he shows up. We last summer I got a picture. There was what do we call it? Artie Dean and uh, uh, North Iowa All Stars, or yeah, something. yeah, like that's
0: that. right. You guys made it up to Byron's, is that right?
1: Yeah, we were at Byron's that night. Oh, that's cool. At By- Byron took that picture of us.
0: Byron's such a cool guy.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a it, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a different venue. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, it's you know, but it. Um, He gives away door prizes. That's probably my favorite. Dude, that's my favorite part. I won like a three foot long bubble wand the first time I was there. And then I won a three prong outlet adapter. Yeah, the three way. (laughs) One (laughs) way or two way? Or is it a three way? I love it. Oh, that place is so funny
1: to go to. That night was a disaster for me. I I had that 12 watt amp and I had my Leslie there. Uh huh. We we played two nights in a row. We played at the VFW, and then the next night we played at Byron's. Yep. And everything worked great. We did great. And I, the harp player, and that one guitar player, I hadn't played with. They came up from Des Moines. Uh, one was um, uh, oh, J.D. Flanagan was a harp player, and I hadn't seen J.D. in forty years. Oh wow! He used to play with Gunshaw. Oh cool. And so it was this guitar player and I can't think of his name. Well he and JD lived down Des Moines. Well Artie got a hold of him. Well and JD he used to be a good front man, but I heard he got the drinking so bad that it was you didn't know what was gonna happen.
0: Sometimes that's fun though. <laughs>
1: and I and Artie says, Well, I told him he says, You get drinking too much, I'm just you're just going home. And, but he he did fantastic and oh, we good. played up at the vfw and we pulled it off and it sounded great yeah i heard all the my,
0: vfw show was awesome
1: we my all my stuff worked great we sounded great i get over to byron's and i got i, I always had a spare amp i had my silver tone amp and i had my uh, 12 watt tweed and then i had my vibratone uh-huh it wasn't one piece worked
0: Oh. The vibrate
1: tone didn't turn on. The one amp, nothing. Dead. Nothing. Well, it had the silver tone. my right. And it's about a 12-watt amp. I couldn't get that. It didn't work. And Eric says, well, I've got a Blues Junior in my... He says, "I, you know, you can use that. Well, I used it. It worked. But I couldn't get a tone out of that thing. It just sounded awful. I just yep. was not comfortable all night.
0: That's the weird give and take you buy a newer amp and it doesn't sound like the old amps but it's guaranteed to work you know and then you'd flip-flop it and sometimes yeah. them older boutique amps just don't they don't last as long they they're expensive to upkeep and and it's you know and it was all that
1: those things that i those amps that i had well come to find out the silver tone i had the power cord wrapped around and then it pulled the tube out and oh. i didn't even see that oh well, man! in my haste and frantic hurry and all of a sudden i'm on my second amp and it don't work now what you know and it's like (sighs) we're gonna start in five minutes i don't have an amp to play through oh man Uh, crap i'm just gonna go home and i was really getting so yeah and it was a lot of it was haste but then again those two pieces i've been using them for 10 years been dragging around bouncing around in a truck yeah well, a lot of things had come loose and that and the drum got jammed it come loose, the screws pulled out of the wood and Oh man. And the drum the drum was jammed up against in there and it didn't spin. So yep. No I didn't get the warble. Yep. And the other one I had a cold solder joint. And oh, it finally yep. let loose. Yep.
0: and her hern a doornail. Yep. I mean the cold solder joint was something I never really found too much of until you start, someone's like, oh, my input jack on my guitar doesn't work, and they bring it to you, and it's like an $80 Chinese guitar, and it's like, oh, cold solder joint, because it just popped right off, like all the solder and everything, you know, and it happens. Yeah, and they look good,
1: and it that's a whole art, soldering, and then yeah. they got this low-lead solder now, and that's why I've got the, probably it's incorrect, but it's, got the lid it works good mm-hmm.
0: and yeah there's an that's a it's an art
1: oh yeah definite I'm, art
0: i'm glad i started doing it just so i can at least repair some of my own stuff yeah. now um, you get it clean use a clean flux use yep. a good solder. yep clean tip and you'll eliminate your problems yeah i mean that was one of the hardest things to learn was uh Actually cleaning your tip off because uh, it's just like how come the solder isn't sticking to this? And It's like oh this is, looks nasty and like it oh you gets... can you can just clean it and I was like, oh yeah, yeah all right it's... sweet and then, and away you go yep there you go You got
1: a clean tip and I I do change tips because they wear out yeah so. they...
0: something else I didn't realize I bought a cheap soldering gun and the cheap tip of course wears out so then I bought a nice one it has a nice tip and it lasted so much longer as a matter of fact I I still have both of them and I've used the one 20 times more than the other one it still looks better so.
1: So anyway, I play with Artie, Artie, who knows what Artie, Artie, I don't know if you're familiar with Artie, but he's, um, not to drop names, but he plays with, um, music makers. Okay. Uh, the music maker, oh, well, he's got a thing on Facebook and they've got a web page, and, uh, all these old blues players and down South and he'll travel them. They go to Europe. And he plays with Taj Mahal, and he's played with a lot of big-name guys. Yeah. He's recorded, he did, engineered some recording for Taj Taj Mahal's last record. Oh,
0: that's crazy.
1: And anyhow, like I said, Artie's a classmate, fantastic drummer. Yeah. Just, you know, crazy. Just got a snare, big old calfskin drum. You can see in that picture, he's got a light in it. You got to have a light to heat up that skin. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... A floor Tom and I it
0: well, that's crazy cool One,
1: maybe a cymbal and a hiat yeah. that's all he uses
0: that's nice I mean and he keeps it simple and sometimes that's good though uh you can find guys with super big kits and sometimes they don't even hit everything
1: yeah and uh, so yeah I, I, I when he left there at Thanksgiving <clears throat> he emailed me or texted me a week later oh, I'm planning on something for next summer planning on something so i don't know what he's got in mind yeah who knows what's gonna happen there he said i says well just give me a time frame he says well the first week or so of august all right so
0: so you think that's gonna be around byron's again or do you think it's just gonna be somewhere around the midwest or
1: i really don't know with artie artie's got a lot of connections yeah he's played in mississippi valley blues fest he's played des moines a lot yep who knows
0: yeah you never know well uh we've yeah, we've gone past an hour here, so... And
1: you're free to edit any of it, because I rambled.
0: Oh, no, it, it's perfect. I'd rather have somebody ramble than not say anything, because I've had those, too. I'm good so. at rambling. Yeah, well, we'll have to have you back on to ramble some more, maybe this summer, and well, talk about that show.
1: Yeah, I like I said, I I couldn't answer all your questions about amps, but how I got interested in it, I don't know. It's just like the guitar. Yeah. You just get started, and... Yeah, just kind of runaway hobby and yeah, yep. That's how that's how all that works. Yeah. That you get started and you kind of like it, so you do it.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, man. It was Ain't great no to problem. sit and talk.
1: It was great. Yep, I enjoyed it. I'll have to make sure I listen to all your podcasts now. Yeah, no, I probably
0: won't listen to mine because I'll
1: probably bore myself to death.
0: But it is kind of weird listening to your own podcast. I mean, all of them are kind of half my podcast because I'm the interviewee or interviewer. But it's, it's it's a little weird hearing your own voice.
1: Well, I'm interested in it because you hear everybody's perspective or what they, you know, their history. That's a great part of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I try not to pull too many super opinionated opinions out of people, but I try, I still want to know where they're coming from and why they think the way they do. And, like, you know, like, why did you choose this kind of music? And why do you like these guitars? And, like, you know, why do you, where do you play? And why do you choose to play those shows? And, And everybody's justified in their thoughts. I mean I, I love it I love talking to everybody about this yeah
1: and it doesn't matter if that's that what they like to do man do it just exactly do it well that's what that's the best part that's the main part it's just if you're gonna do it do it well just go out there and nail it
0: I'm gonna end it on that that's perfect thanks Steve right. I, I really Thank appreciate you. it all right episode number 21 is in the bank uh, big thanks to Steve Curry for doing the podcast with me this week uh, we had talked about doing one we were hoping to get one closer to a show date but uh, we squeezed one in right now Because you know what, why not? It's really neat to get to hear him Talk about all of his different bands that he's been in What he's currently doing with the Ned Freely Fun Band I mean, that's got to be some cool, cool stuff there I, I wish i have seen them I have not, unfortunately But uh, I've interviewed a couple of guys in the band And I mean, they're stacked they got a great lineup of guys I, I want to go see them sometime soon So if you want to go see the Ned Freely Fun Band Hit me up, I'll go with you to a show That'll be a good time it was also really cool to hear about him building those amps. I mean, that's wild stuff, if you ask me. It's probably not super crazy to some people out there, but but man, that's that's nuts. That's, I mean, who builds your TV? How do you know how to build a TV? I don't know. This guy's out there building guitar amps and stuff. This, it's nuts, and he's talking about tearing apart organs and, and building amps out of organs. and It's wild. That's crazy it's super cool this is the kind of stuff that i i hope to bring to the podcast as much as possible just people that have these really interesting stories even if they don't directly revolve around playing music i mean i could probably sit down and do a podcast with them just talking about amps over and over and over again i mean that was tons of fun gear talks not always fun to everybody but i think he did a pretty good job of talking about uh like like the rotary speaker and how it works. It's kind of neat to hear all that stuff because, I mean, that's more stuff that, like, I thought I knew how it worked, and I guess I didn't really know how it worked, and that's, I I learned something while doing the podcast, and so it's a fun outing for me, and it was a fun outing for everybody involved, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is episode number 21, and I'm out of here. Peace.